Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where myself, Dan Selge, editor of WonderIsComing.net, and Cheryl Wassenaar, editor of Cultures.com, talk all things Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, fantasy, sci-fi, whatever else comes up in the process of our discussion. How are you all doing today? Hello, Marianne, Renee, Karen, Julie, of course, uh, Kim, and the other people who are joining us today. Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing well, Dan Selke. I'm doing well, too. Wonderful. Okay. We have a lot of news to cover today. Exactly. That's As always, big weeks happening in Game of Thrones news. Okay, I wanted to start with this. Um, every season of Game of Thrones, it, it's never just the episodes, right? This is a big show, so HBO's always made like behind-the-scenes documentaries. Mm-hmm. I think they made something called The Game Revealed uh, last season. Remember that? Yes, Like I do. how they made it. And this being the final season, of course they're going to do something huge. I mean, this is going to be watched by so many people. It's going to be so intense. Yeah. And uh, it came out, Sean Bean, who played Ned Stark back in the way long ago in the first season, uh, was talking to, I think, The Hollywood Reporter, and he said that he actually visited the set of the show for its final episode and filmed a big reunion show hosted by Conan O'Brien, you know, the tall redhead on the television, uh-huh. uh, with the whole cast. And I, I can already kind of picture myself... Uh, with my heart swelling a bit as I watch that final one. I mean, my heart has grown like one and a half sizes already. He says, it was the last episode, so we all got together. It was good. It was for season eight, the last ones. They decided to get all the characters together for a bit for this big show in Belfast, and he kind of hosted the evening, being Conan O'Brien. Oh, it's going to be very, very bittersweet, but it could be really, really fun to see everybody together, like the old characters coming back, to just reflect on this giant of a show and mm-hmm. what it did for entertainment what it did for Belfast and it was filmed during the filming so all the emotions will be raw we're gonna see Sophie Turner break down probably we're gonna see some some hearts and throats it's gonna I can picture that being really really good yeah I'm actually excited like most of the time when they do a reunion special for Mm -hmm. like Survivor RuPaul's Drag Race or something like that I'm like I can't I don't have enough bandwidth for this but like if I have the chance to see Pedro Pascal, oh, he could be there, and like Jason Momoa, and Kit Harington, and maybe even Richard Madden. I think they bring back like Tobacco Kelly and uh, who played Shay. Yes, and I'm blanking on Catelyn's actress's name, Michelle Fairley. Michelle Michelle Fairley. That there would we be go. great. Yeah, that would be so much fun. I just I just want. I want all everything. I want it to be huge and fantastic. Christina Hurst is going to be included on the Blu-ray DVD. I'm sure it will be. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be put out beforehand. Like, usually I, I don't get that excited for behind-the-scenes stuff. I mean, you know, it's nice. Like, oh, here's how you made the zombie polar bear. But um, something that brings them all back, that could be pretty special. I could see them airing it. I could, too. Are you kidding? I would watch that. I, yeah, I would totally watch that. But I'm saying, I could see HBO airing it. Maybe not directly after... The finale, but maybe kind of the week after to kind of give sure. one last... Or before. Huzzah. Mm, maybe not before. Or they in might the middle. T- yeah. Oh, if they air in the middle, we riot at dawn. Um, <laughs> you don't like the phrase. I um, do. I do. <laughs> uh, it's a good phrase. Only um, if Conan hosted it, would it be on Conan's show? No. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not by the way he worded it. Yeah. Corinne asked if it will air on HBO or only on Blu-ray. I don't know. I'd figure something this big, they would air it on the channel themselves. Why not? Mm-hmm. The game reveal was just released like on YouTube, I think, in between stuff. But something this big, I'm already looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we also got information on 
Arya Stark's final scene, and use that in quotes, uh, Maisie Williams talking to the Guardian about the last scene she filmed for the show, which is not necessarily the last scene Arya is in, but the the phrase Arya's final scene is just so uh, has a high gravitational pull. Eh, semantics. Go on. Exactly. Dan. I think I, I, I think she was one of the last ones who finished. Actually, yes. like she was either the last one or one of the last ones. Uh, Maisie Williams talking about Arya in season eight said that season eight is quite big for me. I had a lot more to do, which is great. More Arya is always nice. Mm-hmm. She did a mend quickly. She was like mainly because there's just less characters now, so everyone's got more to do. And I looked at that and I'm like, good save, Williams. That's nice. Suspect. Highly suspect. Go on. But about her final scene, she said, I ended on the perfect note. I was alone. Shocker. Arya's always bloody alone. But I was alone and I had watched a lot of other people rap. I knew the drill. I had seen the tears and heard the speeches. I'm I'm hoping that's just like a the final scene she filmed was Arya alone. It did make me think a little bit, though. How would you like Arya's journey to end? She's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. She's such a singular kind of person, like a very in, extremely individualized individual who has forged her own path. Like, I, it, it, it's hard to picture her, like, being happy in a happy ending, or what? Like, maybe she'd, like, wander off into the sunset at the end and, like, go be a wandering samurai type. I mean, I would be, in, I would be into it. <laughs> would watch. Um, I, like, came up with, like, a tinfoil hat theory, mm-hmm. which is basically that, like, Arya is alone because a faceless man comes up and kills her and takes her face. It's always a faceless man. It's always a faceless man, Dan. Um, But that was just my tinfoil hat theory. Um, If it is actually the last scene and she is actually alone, that does make some sense for her. I mean, it it does. It's kind of sad, though. Yeah, well, not everything has to be happy. That's true. Happy ending. That's true. Might even make you appreciate. You can only murder more. so many people before it's like you can't really go back at some point. Yeah, you know, you know. Well, she could. Too, too much, too much murder, and we'll just be desensitized to it. Same thing with happy too. Too much happy, we'll just That's be true. desensitized. As Davies Julie suggests that Arya's fate, she turns into a lady. LOL. That'd be funny. Be <laughs> that nice would be little, actually funny. That'd be a twist. <laughs> Put Maisie Williams in a dress. Hey. Whoa. There, 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 there is. We. We do love irony. You come back and are thinking if that would happen, it comes back. That seems like a stretch. Yeah, but, uh, a bit. it could be fun. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, of all the characters, she's one of the ones I have the most. I'm like, I, I can, I have the hardest time picturing how you end up. Yeah, I, I feel like Arya's not gonna have kind of the group ending so much as she's either gonna be dead or she's gonna be by herself in some way, shape, or form. Um, maybe she I want her to live because I really do like she's just, just, just an interesting kind of unique kind of character so I, I, I would like her to live but yeah it'd be yeah. hard to picture her like a happy ending for Arya isn't a normal happy ending you know what no. I mean she's at this point she's been through too much I think yes and as Christina points out they don't always film in order so really this is probably just this last scene that she filmed but hey it's her words not ours she used final scene yeah I put this on her yeah okay. let us have our tinfoil hats <laughs> all right Perhaps we'll marry Gendry, Corinne suggests. I ship it. Some shipping. <laughs> we gotta do a show about shipping. I find it so interesting. Okay. Okay, we should just research on that. Okay, Put next up, let's it. talk about the upcoming Game of Thrones prequel for a second. We know mm-hmm. they're making, there's one that's like in production proper. Mm-hmm. HBO's making a Game of Thrones prequel about uh, the Age of Heroes set thousands of years before Game of Thrones, the events of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. 
No one we know is alive. They have to be born. It's going to be about the formation of, like, really early Westeros. Children of the Forest are around. We got, like, ancestors of our characters. Like, there are still Lannisters. There are still uh, Starks around. And a hot rumor came out from a site called uh, Recapped, which is a celebrity gossip site that I normally wouldn't pay attention to. But they, like, had really accurate... They called all the castings for The Witcher. Like, they had, like, a bunch of articles that were like, this one's cast The Witcher, this one's cast, this one's cast The Witcher, like, weeks before it officially came out. So I'm like, hmm, I guess it's worth uh, paying attention to. And according to this hot gossip site with, with a good track record, uh, HBO has cast for its Game of Thrones prequel um, Naomi Watts in an unspecified role. Okay, personally, Cheryl, I mean, it, it's a rumor. It's a credible one, but it's a rumor. I love Naomi Watts. I have for a long time. I'm really into that. Um, I loved her in Mulholland Drive. I thought she was the best thing about King Kong. I think she's just a, like 21 grams. I think she's a solid, rock-solid actress. But like not overexposed. So I think she would be a great choice for kind of any show. And she's, you know, she's English-born, so she can pull up an English accent just fine. What do you think? I'm not going to gush okay. to the same level. I did gush a bit. It was okay. I, no, gushing I'm, is welcome. I'm a huge Emmy Watts fan. I really it's fine. Am. Gushing is welcome, Dan. Okay. Um, my big thing, I guess, is that this seems like a Sean Bean kind of casting. Yeah. Where she's the big name and then she's immediately going to die in the first season. It is it is possible. I mean, I will say, what I like about her, though, is that she, she's a name. She's not like a huge name, though. Is Sean it's, Bean have... Did Sean Bean really have a huge name? When Lord of the Rings to... does a lot for you. Yeah, but it wasn't like he was the interesting part of Lord of the Rings. I don't know. A lot of people remember Boromir. That's true. It's, he wasn't the uh, the big guy. Uh, yeah, you're right. Maybe I'm uh, underselling Ms. Watts's uh, star wattage a little bit. That pun was tortured, and you should feel bad. Called out to me, but I'd be into it. I think she's a really good, and b um, just kind of the right level of name. Because like, because you, you don't want them to announce that they're gonna put like um, Henry you Cavill, know, Nicole Kidman in a role even though i'm sure she'd be fine it's just like that's to me that's like a star and that smells like stunt casting where someone like Naomi watts yes she's a celebrity she has a name but she's she's always grounded in character work and she's like an actress first a star second is what i kind of get with them like her yeah. and i guess i'm in love with her because i'm really talking a lot about her like it's okay. i think it's, it's great okay. i support you but that'd okay. be fun i'd be I into would, it yeah i'm into it i i'm i don't want to say that like I want to preface this by saying I don't actually hate this casting. I'm just making goofy <laughs> jokes. Um, but yeah, I, I, do, I do think it could be really interesting to have her in there. And I think it's a good sign that the, like, we're getting rumors about women being cast. That's true. So I'm, I should point out, Recap is actually a really gross site that like reports um, on castings about whether they might take their clothes off. But it's also very accurate. So it was a, uh, a, a, a weird walk. And now you've shared that with, uh, with me and all of the people, the nice people who are watching this, stand. Hey, they deserve the truth. Thanks. That's and what, listening to it came from. on yeah. iTunes and Google Play and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, they, they predicted it correctly. But yeah, like the underlying ethos was like, oh, God, yeah, that's a little weird. That's a bit nasty. Let, but the good news is Naomi Watts. <laughs> that's the good news. Okay. Although, you know, right here, like, Julie says that Sean Bean was the reason she started to watch GOT. 
Like, I can't picture people, like, going into the Age of Heroes show being like, you know who I like? That Naomi Watts. I'm going to watch for her. Although, I can now because of you. you oh, because of me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're right, but not before, right? That's a new thing. Yeah, that's a Maybe new thing. Maybe I'm wrong. That's more popular than I think it is. Okay. Okay, so that's, that's my take on it, and I'm very happy about it, and I hope it comes true. I'm glad you have your take on it, Dan. Okay. All right, next order of news. There's quite a lot today. Um, I almost hesitate to talk about this because A Song of Ice and Fire fans have been jerked around so much. Um, but what's one more? Uh, Yank my chain, Dan. The Winds of Winter. Snake Spokes oh. Song of Ice Fire series. We all know what it is. We all know we're waiting for it. Maybe it'll come, maybe it won't, blah, 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 blah. And there's always going to be some kind of indicator like, oh, it's a new sign that'll come out. Let's get our hopes up, and then nothing happens, and then we're sad. But here's another one of those, and we have to talk about it a little bit. Um, there's an illustrator named Enrique Jimenez Coromines. He illustrates the uh, Spanish editions of the Song of Us and Fire books. He's done all the books before this. And he recklessly, callously, maybe even cruelly, tweeted a couple of things about a new piece of artwork he had created, saying, and I quote, with the help of Google Translate, this stays between us, but I just finished a cover for a book by George R.R. R. Martin. Now, obviously, that stirs up stuff. Fans get excited. They're like, oh, God, this could be it. When's the winter coming? And uh, it, it's happened so many times that I, I, I didn't want to do it. But then he even confirmed in a follow-up treat, it's not for fire and blood. So that option is out. And I guess it could be like a wild cards thing, but he's never worked on wild cards before. And he's been doing these illustrations for like over a decade now. And, you know, process of elimination, it sounds like you might have drawn the Winds of Winter cover. And I, 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 I don't... Why is he being coy? Okay, here's my question to you. Is, um, is Mr. Coromines being cruel on purpose? Or is he just uh, naive and hurting people negligently? Probably the latter. <laughs> but I can't say that with any definitive uh, statement on that i can't i can't i can't come down firmly and say no he's terrible or yes he's just he's just an innocent man who doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> who's excited about his work and wanted to do a vague little tweet i'm not sure why this is like the straw that broke the camel's back for me usually i could talk about this and not get angry about it but i don't know it's just like this one too many see i've just given up on it's like every... give me an announcement or don't give me anything i'm tired of the little hints that might lead somewhere I've just given up on ever reading Winds of Winter anyway, so join the dark side, Dan. Just, just, just let it go. Have no standards, and then anything will beat those standards. Doug Johnson says, I live turtles. I like that. That's like a nice, simple... Ethos. Turtles are cool. Turtles are happy. They're, they're not involved in teasing people and dangling little things ahead of them that they can't <laughs> quite reach, like Mr. Kodaminas is doing to me. Feels like it feels like he's got the laser pointer and we're the cats. A little bit. This kind of uh, sort of feelings that I didn't think I would have this strong feelings for. So, what do you guys think about that? Are you into another uh, prognosticating hint about uh, when it might be coming, or are you like me and just you would rather not talk about following the breadcrumbs and would just rather have an announcement or not talk about it at all? Because frankly, it's painful at this point. Or are you like me, and have you given up entirely? <laughs> There's got to be a more optimistic option here. What does it seem like there is? Nope. Okay. This is take the black, not take the white. Good point. That's a good point. 
All right. Uh, let's move on to our final topic before we bring on uh, Josh Hill for a song of Dan and Josh. Let's go beyond the wall for a second. Talk about something not related to Game of Thrones because, you know, we, like you, have many interests and they're not just Game of Thrones related all the time, although most of the time they are. And if you want to hear this podcast in audio form, uh, any chance, we are available on iTunes and Google Play. Okay, Cheryl. In yeah. other genre television news, the televised Marvel Netflix universe seems to be imploding. So Marvel and Netflix came up to make all these different shows. They had the Daredevil. They had the Jessica Jones. They had the Iron Fist. They had the Luke Cage. Now they have the Punisher. And at one point, I, I, it seemed to me like this they, they couldn't really miss with this. I mean, Marvel superheroes are the biggest thing in the movies for like the past 10 freaking years, would you say? Like, bigger than Star Wars altogether, put them all well, like end to end. Okay, I'll give you the last six years because it was the okay. Avengers that really blew That's up. That's true. But, okay, Pete entry aside, go on, Dan. Okay, anyway, so that was happening. By the way, Julie, really good comment. So I was like, I give it up hope and hope I don't hear any more about it. And one day, surprise. Me too, Julie, I'd love that. But okay, back to the Beyond the Wall. Okay. Um, in the last like week and a half, they canceled Luke Cage, which starred uh, Game of Thrones alum. Help me. Iron Fist, and it was Finn Jones. Sorry, yes. They canceled Iron Fist, starred Game of Thrones alum Finn Jones. That was dropping me up. And then this past weekend, they canceled uh, Luke Cage, which is one of their, I, I assume, buzzier shows. So these two things go in the span of like seven days. What is happening? Thanos snapped his fingers. I didn't write that joke. Somebody on Twitter wrote that joke. I didn't write that joke. Oh, that's funny. But like it's really that. funny. One, yeah. um, if, it's hard to say what exactly happened. Um, I've seen reports from like Business Insider that mm -hmm. said that Luke Cage especially had kind of a fall in social interactions. I saw that too, yeah. That they both, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, both had way lowered social interactions from first second season okay but nobody liked iron Fist. well if that if that's like an actual reason to cancel that's distressing that means like your ability to stay on the air is dependent on how people tweet about you that's scary i mean the problem is we don't have any actual viewership numbers no, we never do. for netflix that is their big thing they don't actually release those numbers <laughs> that's uh, their thing they're caging secretive yeah well um Iron Fist was not as surprising because... No, it wasn't. Nobody liked Iron Fist and Danny Rand is a weenie. <laughs> but Luke Cage was a little more surprising. It did see a decline in quality from what I read from season one to season two. Sure. But at the same time, it was still kind of an interesting show that was doing something different from all of the other Marvel Netflix shows. It seemed buzzier. Yeah, yeah a little bit buzzier. Um, I feel like when you talk about the Marvel Netflix shows, it's always like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, one go one, two, because mm -hmm. Daredevil is the most established. Definitely. And it is um, the one that has the most following. That's true. And Jessica Jones had probably the strongest first season. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And I feel like I'm going to get some arguments in the comments about this. Um, but please are. argue away with me. It's fine. Oh, no. I'm um, I'm on your side there. That was the strongest first season. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but I say this even though I, I'm a huge Daredevil stan. Um, and so Luke Cage and Iron Fist always felt more like afterthoughts anyway. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. And it kind of sucks because, like I said, Luke Cage was doing something interesting. 
Um, but it's also kind of weird that it's happening now with all of what's going on with Disney. Yeah, and the, see, and the that, Fox like, deal that raises that my antenna stuff. a bit. Yeah. That, it, it, I'm sure just the fact that they're kind of the lesser of the shows and that they probably just weren't watched as much. Mm-hmm. But also, I can't look at this, the fact that it involves Disney and Marvel and Netflix and not think somebody is putting pressure on somebody to end this because maybe Disney, which is now making its own streaming service, doesn't like the idea of its properties because Disney owns Marvel being exposed somewhere other than Disney's streaming service. Yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. We can't say it for certain, of course. Because they don't tell us anything. But, well, yeah, they don't tell us anything. <laughs> Although... we're entitled, but aren't we entitled? A little bit entitled. Um... But also what comes to mind is how Netflix is raising, raising a bunch of new money in debt to continue to produce uh, like content. Two billion more dollars, I want to deduce. Yeah, two billion, two, two billion, yes. No, that's a real number. Um, and, you know, at this point, they might be asking, is it worth throwing more money at something that's not going to pull in quite as many eyeballs? Like with you know, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, even though Daredevil hasn't been announced to get a season four yet, mm-hmm. um, like, they seem to have established a stronger following have, than yeah. either Iron Fist or Luke Cage. So I can see where Netflix might be like, okay, it's time to cut the cord. And they kind of already had started it by getting really, really cagey, even for Netflix, about the mm-hmm. Defenders getting a second season at some point. Yeah. So That can't have done spectacularly well. It, it didn't. Um, so I think they're realizing that, you know, not every Marvel property is instantly a sure hit. I think you're probably right. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, again, it's a little surprising just because, you know, Marvel can do no wrong in one sphere of entertainment. And, uh, here apparently things aren't going exactly as planned. Yeah. Marvel has always been better at the, at the movies side of things yeah. over the TV, or at least in the current era you know agents of shield has sure has lasted several seasons at this point but now it's a summer only show agent carter got canceled after two seasons that's a good point yeah. humans was a dumpster fire so oh God, it was so yeah i think it's not as surprising luke cage is still a little more surprising but iron fist not so much okay i think we solved it we've done it and uh at this point thanks guys for watching we're now going to bring on mr josh hill for a song of dan and josh mm-hmm. And uh, for that, enjoy this commercial where I talk to you about Wick Club and excite an opportunity for you to get even more of Song of Star Game of Thrones content. See you in a couple of seconds. <laughs> oh, Ned Stark, will you ever learn? <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't see you there. I'm Dan Selke, the editor at WinnerIsComing.net, your one-stop shop for all things Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, and genre fiction in general. We here at WIC love bringing you news, reviews, and editorial content, and we're going to keep doing all that stuff. However, for the especially hardcore among you, we're going to start offering even more. Welcome to the WIC Club. The WIC Club is a Patreon-funded effort to provide fantasy and sci-fi fans with even more WIC content. You can join at several levels. For $1 a month, you can enter into monthly swag giveaways and get to read extra columns. At $4, you'll get to watch extra episodes of Take the Black Live, our weekly chat show, with topics chosen by you. Please be gentle. And at the Valyrian Steel level, that's $10 a month, you get Wick Club t-shirts and access to a new segment we're calling Drinking and Knowing Things, a monthly live stream where I drink wine and talk with all of you 
in a free-flowing conversation about Game of Thrones, fantasy, sci-fi, and whatever else comes up after I've had a few. Just to be clear, we're not going to stop doing anything in WIC we already do, and we're hoping to add more stuff anyway. The WIC Club is a way to produce even more content, and hopefully to get to know some of you better. You can find links to more information below. We hope to see you in the WIC Clubhouse. Valor Morgulis, bottoms up, and thanks for watching. Welcome back, everybody, to Take the Black Live. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Uh, yeah. We now have Josh Hilton, fansetter.com, on here to talk about A Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. On this series, Song and Josh, we go through every single chapter of the Song of Ice and Fire series, picking it apart, seeing it makes it work. And we are nearing the end of the first book in the series, A Game of Thrones. We have like a couple chapters left. And uh, we're here to talk about Tyrion 9, the last Tyrion chapter. Yeah. Tyrion 9 is a lot of Tyrion chapters. What do you say, Josh, to your fans? Well, hello, first of all, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Julie says good day. Good day. Um, good day. G apostrophe day. Good day. Oh, she's from Australia, isn't she? Yes. I didn't want to do the Australian thing because I thought that might be offensive to Julie. So um, shrimp on the bar bay and all that. Um, no, we're, we're getting to the end here. Of this, yeah. this has been a long, strange journey through uh, Game of Thrones. And Tyrion, it's starting to look like... Because in the show, I, the big thing is him being pit against Tywin. And we even saw that earlier in the, the chapter when, with the, the infamous helmet, large helmet chapter, <laughs> in which Tywin is basically like, you know, kind of wish he would have died on the battlefield. Yeah, would have been like, nice. And again, it, like admitting it. Yeah, it's never what you want to hear. And now he's kind of like pulling him into these private conversations here because Jamie, mm -hmm. of course, has been captured at River Run. And this is a whole thing. For, for Tywin, which is really kind of a swipe at his pride because it's the Lannisters who are these powerful, you know, these powerful beings who are overseeing all of Westeros and they're, they're untouchable. They feel like they're untouchable, which is what the impression we get from Cersei and Joffrey kind of mm -hmm. running roughshod through claiming the throne through pro probably illegitimate ways. Tywin here has kind of been dealt a blow with Jamie has been captured yeah. and he River kind of almost writes him off by the Starks. Yeah, he kind of almost writes him off. And he's like, well, all right, which is, and that's kind of what Tyrion takes a little bit of offense to. Yeah. That's Tyrion's prognosis. So uh, really quick, Julie says bad accent, but at least you tried. So I'll, I'll work on it each week a little bit better. If you want to commit. Okay. It's your funeral it's for Julie. <laughs> and Corinne says hi. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's talk about let's let's talk about that moment. Yep. So this chapter is kind of after uh, their battle, after mm -hmm. Tyrion, after the Lannisters have defeated Robb Stark's or Roose Bolton's kind of auxiliary army. Yeah, and uh, it, to, to me, this chapter is kind of a follow through and setup. Nothing really huge. There's no battle. There's no yeah. like. There's no climax. It's just here's what happened, and now we need to set you up for the next book. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about what's going on. And we're going to get Tyrion to where he needs to be, which is King's Landing, where he does his whole king hand of the king thing yeah and the the entire thing is basically just the lannisters tywin and Tyrion, and all their lords and advisors in a room talking strategy yeah like that's the entire chapter and uh this key moment comes when tywin sends everybody out mm -hmm. Tyrion stays and he gives them responsibility you're going to go to king's landing and be the hand of the king keep joffrey in line and as you said Tyrion interprets this as Oh, Jamie's captured. You've given up on him. Yep. Now you're putting this on me. Do you buy his interpretation? Because there was a part of me that said, maybe 
Tywin honestly thinks you showed some promise. Like he had Tyrion had the right point mm-hmm. when he broke his cup on the ground and just pointed out, "Look, we're not going to make peace with the Starks even though they're winning." Yeah. Joffrey killed Ned. That was stupid. It can't be done. And he makes some good points there. And he survived the battle. Mm-hmm. Like, th- I wonder if Tywin is actually a little impressed with Tyrion, that he managed to get through the Vale without dying. And he recruited a bunch of Vale tribesmen, to, who, like now his little private army. Like, Tyrion's done some cool stuff in the past. And Tyrion jumps to the conclusion of, oh, you've given up on Jaime, so you're going to do this to me. But a part of me wondered, like, is, is that just your daddy issues talking? Like, maybe he <laughs> actually does think you are worth more than being a drunk punchline machine um i don't believe it at all for a second because (laughs) i i'm fully with with Tyrion on this one in that tywin has not demonstrated any sort of behavior that would suggest that he's gonna be like you know what maybe my imp son who i'm habitually embarrassed about is coming around and i'm i'm gonna be the good guy there's just such a coldness to tywin that i wouldn't believe that when it was when all that happened my thought was this is there's an ulterior motive here like Tywin's mm-hmm. playing a long game where he's he's bringing he's he's sending Tyrion back and he's going to give him a little bit of power but there's something else here there's a reason why he's doing it. he's not doing it because he's nice or because he believes in Tyrion he's doing it because there's His golden son he thinks will be executed and he yeah. needs a replacement yeah there's some, there's there's something else at 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 play here in in Tywin's mind i disagree i actually think that i mean i i i I don't think Tywin is going to be warm. That's mm-hmm. just not him. I think he <laughs> sees Tyrion can have some use yeah. and might as well be made use out of him. I'm not sure it's that... Like, I think he might have done this even if Jamie had not been in danger. Because mm-hmm. Jamie's, Jamie's not good at being a hand of a king, making mm-hmm. decisions, and they're not, it's not yet anyway. Doing the smart thing, Tyrion is. I think Tywin might see that. I kind of like the interpretation that Tyrion is screwing himself a bit mm-hmm. and jumping to the worst conclusion. I'm not saying Tywin likes Tyrion. He no, doesn't. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's clear. But I think he, Tywin might have a little more faith in Tyrion now that he's done some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And just because Tyrion is so conditioned to think that uh, Tywin couldn't possibly see anything useful or good in him, he jumps to, you give it up on Jamie, you bastard. Yeah, the conditioning of Tyrion being bastardized his entire life. And it also it ties into the theme that we talked about with, with Daenerys, in the previous chapter about how these characters who are supposed to be smarter than everybody or <laughs> thinks they're smarter than everybody else mm-hmm. are falling into these very normal-ish tropes where, the, you know, Tyrion's a smart guy, but mm-hmm. he's not bigger than, you know, holding this grudge where, yeah. um, you know, he's so right about everything. He's like, I'm absolutely right about which this cool. Tywin thing, which ultimately he may be wrong about. So I kind of like those these flaws that the characters can't see within themselves because they're supposed to be these perfect these perfect people in this, in these stories right. and, and even totally even not. someone as smart as Tyrion has cracks in himself that he can't see. Oh, absolutely. I totally think of that. By the way, um Kimberly says that Tyrion is a great chess player, most of all the Lannisters. Oh. Meant chess, but a uh, fun typo <laughs> as it's been pointed out. And uh Thotma never understood Tywin's irrational hatred for Tyrion. Yeah, it's rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I do and we'll get into it. Like Tywin's just so big on pride yeah. and uh being looking respectable mm-hmm. and just he sees a dwarf son as just like an embarrassment yeah. like it's not going to happen but or perhaps Tyrion's right maybe if it's what yeah you I have then I'll have to go with it and the daddy just come up again in a very and I think a much more clear way at the end of the chapter yeah. 
when Tywin gives Tyrion, you know, this it, it, it's, it's an important job. He is sending him to King's Landing to make sure Joffrey doesn't do anything else that's really dumb, mm -hmm. like execute any more hands of the king, which is why <laughs> we're in the situation. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a big job, that he's, he's going to mind the king. He's mm -hmm. going to have power. He's going to be able to, he says, if Varys or Littlefinger or Pycelle have to align, kill them. Mm -hmm. Like, he's giving, he, he, he's, he's, he's giving a license to kill. Like, he's giving him power. Mm -hmm. But the one thing he says, do not take that whore to court. Do not take Shay with you. And the last line of the chapter is, of course, Tyrion going up to Shay and saying, hey, hey, we're going to King's Landing. Mm -hmm. So Tywin gives Tyrion all this power and tells him, you can have it, but do not do this one thing. And Tyrion immediately does it. Yep. Why? Because he's Tyrion. Because <laughs> that's, he's Tyrion his, that's his yeah. thing, the daddy issues. Um, I kind of like that. That's, that's Tyrion's personality. And again, kind of ties into this thing where he can be this character who is... At more often than not the smartest character in the room mm -hmm. and also have these just horribly you know juvenile and immature behaviors and ways of acting so right. i didn't hate it oh I no ultimately it makes know what happens sense. so well, yeah, exactly it, i mean it, know it that this does end up being like shay ends up testifying against him yep like it it dooms him yeah and he it inspires his big confession mm -hmm. which gets him into the tribe of combat which makes him leave the city and blah 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 like, he would have been better not taking her to court, yep. but it's like, because his dad told him not to, he just can't help it. Yep. He has to. He cannot obey his dad. It's, 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 it's not in him. He <laughs> hates him too much. There's too complicated. And I just love it, Josh. I love their relationship. I it's think it's really so <laughs> messed up and twisted and weird and, like, no one likes each other and it's all kinds of gooey and complicated. This is a great example of that. Yeah. Does, does Tywin die on the pooper in of course, the book? Of course. Okay, they didn't I don't know if they invented that for the show or not. So. Well, that's All not right. something you just like pull out in your writer's room reading. No, that was, that was definitely <laughs> there. It, it's very similar to how. Well, that's the perfect. And then the, there you go. That's the perfect way for that relationship to end, too. It's literally a crappy relationship that ends <laughs> on the crapper. So. I will, pay, I will uh, tell you to pay attention to Shay, though, because she has More. basically the same role, but she, it's, she's pretty different in the books. Okay. Her attitude's very different. And we'll see how that goes uh, going forward. Okay. Um, beyond that, this chapter is, again, like I said, mostly follow through and set up. Yeah. Like it's these people talking about um, what happened. Like the, the first third of it is just them talking about a battle we do not see mm -hmm. where Rob Stark kind of cuts around where they were fighting, goes to River Run, where Jamie was trying to besiege it and uh, breaks the siege, captures Jamie. And we saw a little bit of that, but not most. Do you think... Oh, and we also learned that um, uh, Renly has married Marjorie. Yep. Do you think we should have seen any of that stuff? Because it's, like, it's pretty big events. Like, oh, this... I mean, Renly's saying, I'm king. Like, that's, that's a big deal. That could be a big enemy. Yeah. And, you know, Rob Stark comes in and smashes Jamie and smashes the Secret River Run. I kind of uh, like... That could have been a fun thing. Yeah, well, I, I don't disagree, but I kind of like the idea of this being hearsay, like mm -hmm. the whispers coming back yeah, to too. these powerful people who are then becoming paranoid by what they're hearing. Renly's a threat to the throne. Mm -hmm. You've got Rob in the North doing these things. And instead of seeing them, it's like the old horror trope where it's more devastating to not see somebody killing somebody off screen and hearing them scream is more brutal than actually right. seeing them killed on screen this is that same thing where it's tywin hearing these things 
And by default, us hearing it through him, instead of seeing it, we're imagining this paranoia more vividly because all these things are happening. We don't know what's true, what's not, how close these things are to happening, how truly important they are. Mm -hmm. And it kind of feeds into this feverish paranoia of probably what Tywin feels all the time, being that this one of the most powerful people in Westeros. Yeah, I like it too. I, li I like it too because it keeps it, it keeps the book from sprawling. Yeah. Like uh, George R. R. Martin said that the reason he did he did that that way is because he already gave you a battle from up close with Tyrion mm -hmm. and again the spike of the horse. Yeah. He gave you a battle of Catelyn watching it. Yep. And he's like, okay, now we'll do one that's just off screen and I'm mean, off screen, whatever you want to call it. And uh, that'll be three kinds of battles, three different ways, which like you that. know keeps it keeps it snappy. Yeah. Um, Corinne, by the way, says Tywin is just using Tyrion. He knows he could possibly control Joffrey, unlike his mother. I agree with you, mm, Karen. I think yep. Tywin does see use in Tyrion. Doesn't mean he likes him. Never that. Mm. But I do think he's appreciating Tyrion and that Tyrion is just... He can't come to grips with that. <laughs> and Julie Davis agrees with Karen. All right, we're all there. All right. And, uh, of course, Corinne says the Lannisters are the definition of family dysfunction. They are, and God bless them for it. The other thing I wanted to point out just really quick is, um, there's a good, good dialogue here. Like, uh... It's very expository. Like mm -hmm. they're just they're just talking about what happened. Yeah. But um, there's some fun little bond mots in there. Like they introduce a dude named Sir Harris Swift, who <laughs> will will come back. He's not in the show, but he is in the books. Harris Swift. Harris Swift. It's a great name. And uh, the, I just like that the only like they're all talking about like oh so this happened so we should, we should um, march this way or should we offer peace? Mm -hmm. But Harris Swift only contribution is yelling. How could it happen? Sir Jamie taken, the siege broken. This is a catastrophe. <laughs> like, ever been in a meeting where some person, their only contribution is to whine? Yeah. And, like, you're not offering anything? Like, that's all he does. I he's, thought that was he's, uh, he's Bill Paxton. Game over, man. <laughs> Game over. There Great. <laughs> so, can we do something about it? So, yeah. I, I liked him, and he'll recur, which is okay. fun. Awesome. I also like Tyrion's line. Um, what was it like? Uh, Take heart, father. At least Rhaegar Targaryen is still dead. <laughs> Tyrion. He's <laughs> always poking little holes. <laughs> Great. Ugh. And Julie says, but remember, Tyrion always goes back to defending his family. It's true. It's true. It might end up being really important in the near future mm. of Game of Thrones. We'll just have to see that. All right. So that was, you know. Oh, and I have to say that um, Tywin calls Varys a cockless wonder. It sounds like it's important to point out. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that made it into the show. It does sound kind of like anachronistic. It does. I wish that like you could have eulogized him, kind of you know the slow motion at the Oscars where they have mm -hmm. the picture and then just put that quote up there. That's the last thing that he said. <laughs> there you go. That's how we're going to remember Tywin. So exactly. Anything else, Josh? You noted about this chapter? No, a lot of table setting. It did feel like did. when you get to the end of a movie where you know, kind of like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, where you know there's going to be another one. And you're in the last 15 minutes of the movie, yeah. and it's kind of like your That's table setting for window totally dressing. Totally what it is. Yeah. yeah, so you get characters coming in and saying these things. You're like, ooh, there's more action, but I definitely know I'm not going to see it until right. the next movie comes out. So that's kind of what this chapter felt like. Well, right now, that's like what we're doing now, yeah. basically. We're doing like the tail end of Sansa's story set up mm -hmm. for the next one. We're just at the tail end of Tyrion's. Next is the last John chapter, the tail end of John's chapter. Yeah. And um, we'll be doing that in a couple of weeks. I think we'll take... Uh, next week halloween off for song ben and josh we will right. be here for take the black live more uh game of thrones news more song advice and fire news we're available on itunes and google play you can join the wick club for even more super cool content and i will see you next week here at four o'clock on take the black live on the facebook page thanks for watching everybody 